Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. We're excited to share a new sponsor for this season, Watch Game Film. The simple way to watch, exchange, and manage game film. We understand that ease of use is paramount to productivity, so our platform provides you and your team with the right video solution so you can focus on the game you love. Our intuitive player includes instant replay, slow motion, play loop, rewind, and more. Plus, our platform includes video telestration and commenting features, enabling you to convey clear coaching points to your staff and athletes. When it comes to sharing and trading film, our XL platforms offers many ways to exchange with your friends, conference, or opponents, even if they're using other film management systems. Plus, we make it easy to communicate with your own team with the ability to message user groups, individual teams, or even contacts outside your team. We know the importance of highlight reels for athletes and recruiters. A highlight tool allows athletes and teams to create the ultimate highlight reel and show their talent to the world. So what about costs? Our packages start at just $100 a year or 50 bucks per season for on-screen and in-text. That includes unlimited film and unlimited users. Our mission is to help coaches and athletes succeed without forcing them to spend limited funds on overpriced software. Ready to get started? Go to watchgamefilm.com. Again, that's watchgamefilm, all one word, .com to discover how watching and exchanging and managing film can be both simple and affordable. This episode is sponsored by GameStrap. If you're in the need of a sideline replay system, look no further than GameStrap. GameStrat has the fastest sideline replay system on the market and they provide 24-7 customer support. Their systems can be used for multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. Go check out GameStrat on Twitter at GameStrat or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. We'd also like to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of you know about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to player quizzing to installs, Just Play provides coaches with football playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage with today's athlete. Make it a party to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com. Sign up for a free do- demo and let them know we sent you. All right, welcome to the Mesh Point Podcast. Tonight we've got Kevin Swift. Kevin's the head coach at uh, NAD at Gold Beach High School. Coach, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. It's not really – I mean, it's – it's. we're going to have a beautiful sunset. It's cold, but it's nice outside. Rain coming tomorrow, but just got home from a day at work and anxious to talk some option football with some option coaches. I got bonus. I got extra coaches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got great. Wait, t- Tony's on assignment out at the National Option Clinic in Dallas. We've got a couple of Mesh Point chat buddies out there, oh, Don Watt and Drew Dendel. So we're going to – That's fantastic. We're going to keep you on your toes tonight. Good to hear. Well, why don't you go ahead and kick us off, man, and um, and talk to us about how you got to Gold Beach and, uh, you know, a little bit about your background and that kind of stuff. Um, in 1997, at the age of 38, um, having finally found a wife and uh, had a, a four-month-old uh, daughter – and uh, was living in the town I was born in, uh, Dana Point, uh, San Juan Capistrano, South Orange County. 
um, driving 60 miles to work. And uh, we kind of looked at each other and said, we need to get out of here. Uh, we need to get out of here for a couple reasons. Um, I, you know, we, we wanted to get away from the madness of that many people. Uh, we wanted to find a place where you could afford a home on the coast. I could have easily stayed in Southern California, but would have probably had to buy a home in Temecula or Riverside and commuted, and, and, and I, I didn't want to do that. Um, and so, uh, and the other thing, too, is I think like any place in the world, there becomes a good old boy network. You know, I, I had been a Division three defensive coordinator. I'd really grown up on the defensive side of the ball, coaching defense. And it seemed like every time you interviewed for a head job you wanted, um, they cited lack of experience where they gave it to a guy whose only experience was going through five schools in 10 years because he couldn't win but had experience. And I'm Irish Catholic. I don't have I, – I have absolutely no patience, and I'm perfectly comfortable with that. Um, and so, you know, we moved to the southern Oregon coast. Um, it was a high school of 300 at that time. Um, I got a nice acre and a half – 1900 square foot home in the woods on a creek um, for 122. Um, and on the West Coast today, that's pretty uh, unheard of. Um, yeah. You know, I, Dana Point, Capistrano Beach was rural when I grew up. It was all Basque, citrus farmers, and uh, cattle ranchers. And I tell people in Oregon, I go, all your timber ruined where I live, so it's only fair that I come up and screw with you. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Dana Point was a town of about 1,200 when I was born in 59. And, you know, it's wall-to-wall -wall people now. But I grew up there. I, I was born in 59. Uh, my dad was a football coach, uh, more assistant football coach, head track coach. And, um, and uh at that time, uh, went to a high school called Servite, um, which is in the Trinity League, used to be in the Angeles League. And that's where I kind of got introduced to the Veer because everybody in Catholic education in the 70s had to run the Veer. It's just, it was, if you were a Catholic school, you were either running the Veer or you were running the wing tee. That was it. Um, so played in, at that time, it was called the Angeles League really uh, high-powered Catholic school league in Southern California. Played uh, college ball, started off at Northern Iowa and had a great experience in the Midwest, but it wasn't for me. Um, and bounced back, finished up playing Division three football at Redlands uh, for a legendary guy named Frank Serejo. And, you know, I've been coaching 35, you know, the question, I had to sit down with a calculator and add it all up. <laughs> 35 years at this um, and, and 24 as a head, no, 22 as a head coach. So, um, and in f four years as a uh, Division III uh, NCAA uh, defensive coordinator, so. Uh, interesting, you know, it's been a long career. I, I don't know if I'm done. You know, I stepped away from it at Gold Beach because they're dropping down to eight man. And I, and I think eight man's a wonderful game. Uh, I'm really not interested in learning a new game at 60. Um, so, uh, 
you know, I could be retired. I, I don't think I really want to be. Um, I think I'd like to coach. Um, I think I'd kind of like to not be a head coach. <laughs> um, I think I'd kind of like just go have some fun. Um, you know, we want to live in Gold Beach um, so we could either rent our house and go coach someplace or I could go and and my wife could bounce back and forth to see me. I mean, we're, our, our marriage is built on a solid for, uh, foundation. So, you know, that depends on, on what I want to do and what opportunity. You know, I'm kind of nice at, at 60 I could retire in Oregon. Oregon allows you to double dip. Um, I could also go to another state. You know, we got relatives in Palm Springs and, and that, you know, I don't have to decide. I can wait for the right opportunity um, to come along to uh, to follow my passion, and, and that's uh, mentoring young people and, and using the game of football to do that. So, well, it sounds like you got a lot of gas left in the tank, man. So um, we're all hoping you you stick it out, you know. So we oh, can interact with you and everything. I got a feeling I ain't gonna go away. <laughs> I, I just gotta I gotta make sure. You know, at 60, you got to make sure it's the right thing. I know. Sure it's, you know. I do. And, and, uh, and I need to keep mama happy. So That's important. Right. Because if I lose her, I die a lonely man. That's uh, right. And so. you'd probably die fairly quickly. No offense. But right. The wives do everything. So, well, as you've kind of kicked along uh, through your journey, um, I'm sure there's some guys, you know, when you – when you took over Gold Beach in the beginning and you had some questions and you had to, you had some tough decisions to make, I'm sure there's some guys over the years you've leaned on, some mentors that, that have coached you or, or, or coached with you. Maybe talk about one or two of those guys that you've, you've leaned on and then what they've meant to you over the years. Well, yeah, I kind of knew in third grade I was going to be a coach. Um, you know, I watched my dad have coaches' meetings. Um, a guy named Ray Soleri, who's a legend in California, wing T guy, um, unbalanced wing T guy. Um, yeah, you know, from the age of about 10 to about 15, I, you know, I basically broke down film and were taught the cardinal rules of the game and cardinal rules of coaching. You know, those, those unwritten rules that you just know click into when game situations. So, I would say again, Ray Soleri and my father. Uh, Did you play I, for your dad? No, hell no. We would have <laughs> killed each other. Um, uh, um, and I think it's good for, for people not to play. I, I don't have a problem with a coach coaching his dad. I have a problem with a parent deciding to coach to coach his kid. Right. Um, and I also think there's some merit to a young man playing for someone. I mean, I remember coming home my sophomore year in baseball and, and upset that I wasn't getting the innings I wanted and, you know, pulled the typical thing that a teenager does. And my dad looked at me and said, so what are you going to do about it? And I, I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, I ain't talking to the coach. He says, I don't really give a crap about your playing time. That, that's, your, that's your issue, not mine. Right. And so I got taught at a young age, you know, you could talk, you address the issue. You talk through it and, you know, sort of like Catholic school coaches are pretty brutally honest, you know, because they have God on their side. Um, so, uh, so I, you know, I, I learned, 
you know, those roles. Um, I, I'd say that my godfather at, at Servite, again, Larry Toner, uh, legend on the West Coast. Guy's yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal educator. Speaks like seven languages. Um, guy's amazing. And he, he basically is the one that taught us the Virat Servite in 1974. Um, out there on Courage Field, uh, split back, um, you know, flanker and, and twinner and and running it. And, you know, Turk Schoenert was the varsity quarterback. He would go on to Stanford and for the Bengals and was an offensive coordinator, recently passed away suddenly. But, you know, a lot of talent coming out of that part. Kind of Orange County's golden era which I really wasn't part of. I got to play with those guys, but it, it wasn't me. Yeah. Um, and then um, in my career up here, uh, probably the biggest mentors for me have been Bruce Rawlinson, the head coach at Modern Day, um, Ed Beginney, his longtime offensive line coach, who's now the assistant principal AD at Huntington Beach High. And then um, a guy up here, uh, a single winger. I just won a state title from Hefner, a guy named Greg Grant, um, who kind of helped me figure out some of the things that, you know, when you come from a high school of 3,300 and you got everything you want to a high school of 300 with nothing, uh, the learning curve is, is whoa, steep. You know, no weight room. No tradition. Um, you know, they hired me. They said, we have a rich football tradition. And I walked through the gym with the AED, and I looked at the banners, and I said, the only tradition you got is you've got the same schools kicking your ass every year. Right. Um, so, um, and they hated me when I got here. I mean, any small, any small town hates uh, out, you know, in a perfect world, a kid that went, was born in Gold Beach, went to Gold Beach, graduated from Gold Beach, Graduated from Oregon State, came back and coached, and they all lived happily ever after in a Disney movie, but that's not reality. Right. Um, you know, I was talking to a, a buddy of mine who coaches up at Coquille, and I go, hey, you've done some good years. Have they accepted you yet? And he goes, no. I go, welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome to my world. Um, so, you know, none of those guys were an option. You know, Beginney helped me put in – the counter tray that we stole from De La Salle. And then he doesn't know he's a mentor of mine, but I, I listen to every speech that Bob's given. I, I got assistance on his staff that I visit with. I, I've read every De La Salle book. I've DVR'd every single um, edition and stuff of that. And, yeah. and my kid, my mom said, could you make yourself look any more like Servite? Because uh, our colors are black and gold, and um, and I said we don't pray, Mom, and and I'm running De La Salle's offense, so we're okay. <laughs> um, so you know, those are those are the guys that I think, and then I think all of us, and we're all of this similar age. I think we're all avid readers. Um, right. I think I got to get up and let an animal in. Um, I, I think. <laughs> Organ problem. Come on. Yeah, I love it. Oh yeah, he's great. Come on. 
<laughs> Looks like he's having to coax him in the door. I'm, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> oh, you got a cat? Yeah, they mind of their own. They ain't listening to nobody. Right. <laughs> so, um, I, I really, I spent a lot of time researching Nebraska, and I'll get to that later. Um, every clinic I could go to, I went with offensive linemen, and I tried to find clinics of offensive linemen that had option guys like Chuck Peterson, who when I met him was at, the offense coordinator at Air Force. Right. Then he became the head coach at Orange Lutheran, which is in the Trinity League, Angeles League. And I've kept in touch with him, and he's in Dallas now. Yep. And so, you know, I, I studied the game. I read everything you good. There's a, there's a book out there that I put on the Internet. It's my Bible. I look at it. I certainly, you know, it's from the 60s, and I don't think anybody plays, you know, head up, read the hat, defense anymore but um it's really served as a good foundation and blueprint and then i don't know i mean i've been diagramming plays since third grade and yeah. and i think you try to find things um that that fit with your personality so you know that those are the mentors I, i'd say rollinson he let me bring my team down there and work out with him every summer and that kind of you know, we live in a show me. We live in a show me generation now. Right. You could tell kids about working out year round. You could tell kids about lifting year round. You could tell kids about this and that. But if you can load them up in suburbans, go down to Southern California, show up at modern day at seven o'clock, be welcomed with open arms, and practice till noon, and have Rollinson screaming and spitting on your kids just like they're his kids. Um, when we started doing that, we started playing in state title games. Um, you know, I'm no different than Randy. Um, you know, I love my offense. I love my defense. But the X's and O's aren't beating anybody. Our culture ultimately is what made us, you know, the small school power for 15 years um, in, in Oregon. Um, it, I think the offense and the defense – were created to fit the town's culture. And it's a culture that I also, it's also, and it's, it's, it's kind of who I am, my personality. So, right. So those are my uh, mentors and my boss just walked in my wife back there. So, <laughs> well, so coach, now that, now that time has passed and you know, you're, later on in your career maybe talk about how important it is you know for you to be a mentor to other coaches because I, um, I i know that's important for you i do know that i i am um i think the worst thing to be in america right now is a history teacher or social studies teacher football coach um there's there is and i'm and I, 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 there's a long line of people that hate me it forms behind my wife um <laughs> but um there is a underlying, not so conceived attack on anything that represents old-fashioned masculinity in chivalry. I think football coaches are the most tolerant people on the planet. I'd play a guy from Mars if he meant a win. Um, I, I, I don't 
really don't care about your sexuality. I grew up in an era what what goes on behind closed doors is none of my damn business, and it's not really a poster either. Um, football coaches are extremely tolerant. I've never met a more group of tolerant people, but those people that we're supposed to be tolerant in our society are so intolerant of anything that represents masculinity, anything that represents strength, anything that represents old-fashioned chivalry. My wife is every bit my equal. In a lot of ways, she's, she's better. But that doesn't stop me from being a gentleman and celebrating some of our differences. Um, and so, yeah, uh, to me, football represents clear back to King Arthur and that fable. I mean, we're, we're gladiators. We're, we're Marines. We're preparing. We're using football as a teaching tool to create men who are going to be great husbands, who are going to be great fathers, who are going to be great community members, and, and are going to leave the place a better place. And, and they use a Jack Nicholson line. You need some of those guys to stand on that wall. I mean, you, you can, I mean, I, I live in the most liberal part of the country, and, and it really doesn't bother me at all because I consider myself a moderate, but the attacks on the game, which are attacks on masculinity, because if it was about concussions, you'd be attacking soccer, hockey, skateboarding, walking across the street, and all those things. But they went after football with the purpose of undermining anything masculine in our society. And there'll be a thousand people to hear this and say, well, Swift's off his rocker. They're bullshit. Just pick up the newspaper, pick up um, uh, a computer, and look at it. I mean, we're an endangered species. And, and I'm not going to go quietly. I, I'm not. Um, and so I got to connect with young coaches. I got to connect. You know, I've been here 24 years. I've been head coach here 22 years. Um, and we've sent one Division One kid. I got 17 Marines. Six of them are career. I got three Navy SEALs. Oh, wow. Um, so, but that's also the parents, too. And it's the community. I mean, come on. It's a partnership. Um, but, um, look, I, I, I believe – you should have the freedom and you should have the choice to be and, and be who you want to be and all those things. And, and, you know, last time I looked in the mirror, I'm not God. Um, and I, I really don't have the right to judge people. I really like what Dabo Sweeney said, you know, the scripture says, love your neighbor. doesn't right. say love your heterosexual neighbor. doesn't say love your white neighbor. It just says, love your neighbor. Yep. And I think if, I, I don't know, but that means love, your masculine football coach, chivalry guy that lives next door too. And I think, I don't know, we're under attack. I don't like it. You can, and you can tell I don't like it. So let's change the subject before I hurt something. And I want to help the profession. You know, Tony, well, right. and I, Look, Tony, Tony and I talked extensively about, you know, what they want to go to blocking wise and tip of the spear. And I'm nothing against tip of the spear. I'm sure it works for some people, but 
you know, I grew up in the 70s with helmets that I would never put on right. a kid. And we put our face in the numbers. Yeah. And we used flippers. Yeah. And we had a straight back. And we, and we, and we put the guy on his back. And, and I don't have dementia. I don't have Parkinson's. I don't, I don't have any of those things. <laughs> um, I, football has turned into – Football's turned into a feeding trough for people to make themselves guru, charge money. I mean, hey, here, let me ask you a question. I can actually coach my quarterback, teach him how to throw, teach him how to make reads, teach the mechanics of it. I can teach it just like all – and they're great guys, and, and I don't fault them. If that's your thing, that's, that's your thing. But – you know, an official asked me this last year. And I think it's important for young coaches to hear this. He goes, hey, Coach Swift, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure. He goes, well, I used to officiate a lot of your playoff games and state championship games. And he goes, you created something amazing. And I said, no, we created something amazing. Um, and he goes, but now you're terrible. He says, you're pathetic. He goes, how can – how can you do it? Why are you doing it? And I, I kind of chuckle and I said, because I'm a coach. It's what I do. I go, no offense to anybody, but the Bob Lattisers, the Dewey Sullivans, and the Bruce Rollinson, the guys that have 400 wins and less than 100 losses, those are anomalies. That, that's not real high school football. I'm going to finish – a hundred above, or a, well, you know, right now I'm about a hundred above. But you know, if I keep doing it, I get end up a hundred below. Who the hell cares? Right. Um. And so you you coach to make a difference in young people's lives. You coach to 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 leave a positive impact so that we can leave the world a better place. And I and man, there's some good young coaches out there and. And there's some great tools. I mean, I started the tool chest to yeah. save marriages. Yep. Hell, you can stay at home and watch video and, and that. And, and you can go out and mow the lawn and not have your wife wondering where you're, you know, who you're drinking with all weekend and stuff like that. So I'm a history teacher. Every generation is supposed to leave the place better than they found it. I want to leave the game better although I thought it was left in great shape for me, I want to leave it better. Um, and it's under attack, and, and I don't like it. Well, that's awesome, Coach. I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, I'm glad you shared all that with us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, do me a quick favor, Coach. Grab the top of your monitor here on your laptop and pull it down a little bit more so we can see your face a little bit, if you don't mind. This one? Yeah, man, you got a pretty face. Just, just bring it down oh, just a little oh, bit. Oh, I, there I, got, there I got, you go. I there you go. There you go. I no, got it. No, you're good now. So, hey, listen, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Man, I agree 100%, 110% with everything you just said, brother. I promise you. And, yeah, and, and the guys in the back, too. I promise you. They're over there saying amen, 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 man. So uh, glad you do what you do. You know what I mean? I promise you that. Hey, let's get into talking about um, – Gold Beach a little bit. Tell us about <laughs> tell us tell us about Gold Beach High School and uh, where you guys are located in Oregon 
having we are, kids come out um, and play, etc. We are forty. We are forty-five minutes from the California border, California Redwoods, Pelican Bay Prison. Um, we are on the mouth of the Rogue River, probably one of the most. Um, it's a nationally historic scenic river, um, so it's protected. It still has some of the best salmon runs in the continental United States. Um, when I got here, it was a high school of 300. We're gradually becoming a retirement community. Um, and so we're down to about 120 kids, um, wow. which, you know, is discouraging. Uh, but, you know, we want to stay tidal with 135 kids. Um, so it, it shrunk. It's, it's a, um, it used to be a logging commercial fishing town. We still have a little bit of logging. It's primarily sports fishing. We have great ocean fishing for albacore, um, and rockfish and lingcod and halibut. And then we have phenomenal salmon and steelhead runs on our rivers and creeks. Um, most of my kids bow hunt for elk. Um, they go to Eastern Oregon to hunt deer because blacktail look like Great Danes. There's not a whole lot of meat on them. Um, That's called Florida it, deer. <laughs> yeah, and it's. Uh, I mean, it, it it's isolated. I mean, we're we're three hours from a Costco, three hours from a Trader Joe's. Um, we drive to California to get our liquor because it. Oregon is state run like a lot of states and it's, I, I don't know how anybody could be a drunk in Oregon. It's too expensive. Um, so, you know, we drive down to uh, Crescent city to a big wholesale house and it, it's a, it's a nice, I mean, it, it it's, I love the lifestyle. You know, I, I love it. Um, you know, I don't mind going to Portland. I don't mind going home to see my dad and all that. And I, and I can make it work. But I, I I like being on the beach in the woods on a creek. So, um, Gold Beach High School, um, when I got here, really didn't have much of a football program. Um, and in the 22, 24 years I've been involved, um, we created um, a, a, a pretty special – we created uh, – we built probably the best – small school, high school weight room in the state of Oregon. Um, we ran a very prestigious and well-known uh, football team camp, contact camp that attracted schools from all over the West Coast. Um, we had 11 outright titles, played in five state title games, won two of them, so I, I know how to win a couple of them. Uh, and went a 10-year period without losing anybody in the league. Um, but, but it was a partnership, kids and programs. You know, we started a zero period where kids come in at 645 and, and, we're, and lift hard. Lift together, lift hard. They don't bullshit each other. If you're bench pressing 315, everybody sees it. If you're not, shut up and quit talking. Um, and, uh, we ran it, uh, we ran it very much. I grew up on the North gate, uh, camp Pendleton. I got a strong 
affection for Marines and Catholicism. And we ran it like Jesuit Marines. Um, it was my way or the highway. And my parents bought in. And my parents bought in ultimately because my kids bought in. True story. First six years, they had a petition to get rid of me every year. <laughs> and uh, I, finally, I, I finally said, you know, enough's enough. Because therein lies the problem. You're too busy trying to get rid of me rather than doing what I ask you to do. So I got all the parents together. I got all the kids together. I go, hey, let's try something for a year. For one year, shut your mouths. If I tell Johnny to carry the ball this way and he comes home to the dinner table and you were a tailback here, don't tell him that Coach Swift is wrong. Carry it this way. Shut your mouth and let's everybody just do what I ask you exactly as you ask you with no talk back and do it. And if we don't leave, if we don't win, I'll leave. Well, we went, we went 13 and two, lost by a point in the state title game. And, and, and the kids bought in, and, and, you know, the rest is history. You know, you don't miss, you know, um, President's Day. The school has off, but the kids come and lift at 630. Uh, winning doesn't take days off. And while I can't make it mandatory, it is. Because if you yeah. want to win, it's right. mandatory you do it. Yep. Um, and, and, and like any good program, and you guys are all know what good programs look like, it, it ends up running itself. The kids take care of it. Your captains take care of it. You've taught your captains how to do it right. Um, and it, it, it runs itself. So – you know, I, I had to learn the game. You know, my dad kind of laughed at me when I came up here. I go, it's so funny. He's good. You're going to have to learn how to coach. I go, I know how to coach. He goes, no, you know how to coordinate a defense, coach secondary and linebackers. He goes, you never even played offense. <laughs> and, um, and, and he was right. You know, I stepped back in the time. He started in the 50s when high schools in California were two-man staffs. You know, you coached offensive and defensive line, and you coached Offensive and defensive backs and linebacker. And it was the way it was. And so, you know, I had, to, I, had to, I had to learn how to be an offensive line coach. I had to learn. I knew how to be a quarterback coach because, like every coach's kid, I was going to play quarterback. That was only natural. That was going to happen. No one ever asked me if I wanted to play quarterback. I was going to play quarterback. When I went to Servite and they said, what do you want to play? And I said, defense. And they said, great, you'll never see offense again. I was like, thank you. Um, so, um, you know, it, 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 it's a, it's a lot of work, you know, captain's dinners, teaching them how to leadership, teaching kids that I'm the whip, they're the nurture. I, I, I hate it when kids get mouthy, sassy and angry with it. That's my job. You guys are the ones that are supposed to stand there after I chew them up and I dress them to say, isn't it good to have coach love you like that? Um, and pick them up. So, you know, the X's and O's I learned were easy. Um, the culture and getting kids to do things they don't think they can do was the things I had to learn. And, and I, and I learned them. I mean, so. <clears throat> well, I, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, 
the history's there, Coach, and, and and we know you've done an excellent job. It's it's incredible, you know, that that small town is tra- you transformed it when you got there. And and again, obviously, as you're talking here, you can hear, you know, guys can hear in your voice, right? It wasn't easy. wasn't easy for you to start it. wasn't wasn't easy for you to get to where you got to. They tried to egg my house, and their yeah. arms weren't even strong enough to reach the house. <laughs> right. Right. So I had a I had a dead raccoon in my mailbox. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they they um yeah, they hated me. Yeah. I think they still do, but I I mean, like I said, the line forms behind my wife. Yeah. Well, so. I, you know, but I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, I, you know, and it, like you said earlier in the instant gratification world we're in, you know, these things take time, right? It, it takes time to, to put your stamp on somewhere. Well, I got to tell you, even during those six years, my bigger, my biggest defenders, the biggest thing that kept me employed were two things. And I think young coaches need to hear this. I'm as good, if not better, in the classroom as a teacher. Yeah. And they knew if they took football away from me, they were going to lose a teacher, a darn good teacher. So I think that's important for kids. And the kids believed and liked me from the beginning. Um, and they always stuck up for me. They wrote letters to the paper. You know, they said, hey, this isn't unfair. This is on us. So it really, like in any situation, it, the adults are the key between breaking it and not breaking it. And ultimately not breaking means keeping your mouth shut and being a parent. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So, and you making sure you're consistent with your message. You know, those things go hand in hand. So. Oh, it's consistent. Yeah. They, they make jokes about the consistency. <laughs> well, hey, man, let's get the we're an option. We're an option podcast. Let's get to some option football. So, okay. hey, what's, what's, uh, what's Gold, Beach, Gold Beach option look like and, uh, and what you've been doing with it? I am. Um, when I started going to the option, I, I started really studying it and, um, I think we would all agree that saying a team's wing T doesn't necessarily mean that they're all the same. I think there's primarily two kinds of options run in the world. There is a finesse um, service academy, um, kids that are really, really bright, uh, Georgia Tech, you know, those kids are really bright. That's not to say there's not power involved. That's not to say there's not just brute strength. But a lot of it's based on reads and, and finesse and things like that. And then, then there's Nebraska. Um, and Nebraska, while it's an option team, really has a lot of similarities to John McKay's USC teams, yeah. downhill running. Um, I, I love my kids here, but my kids – um, are much more interested in uh, killing an elk with a uh, bow and um, working on their rig um, rather than spending and spending time in the weight room rather than practicing, you know, mesh 600 times to get the read right. Coach Peterson taught me this. One of the very first glacier clinics I went, a lot of the time to give or not to give is already set by alignment. Um, two, 
Let's not call it reading. Hell, they don't even read books anymore. Okay. What you do is you run it enough that the kid begins to see the muscle memory and the guessing of when to pull it, when to do it. And the other thing, too, and, and you guys, and you tell me wrong because I'm isolated. Is the rule not still if you don't know, give it? Correct. Well, and my rule is if you don't know, give it. And if we don't get three yards, someone's going to die. I'm asking I'm asking my guard and tackle to move that three eye shade. You know, a lot of people say, why don't you run midline? And I don't know why I don't run midline, because we run midline and you're taught to run at bubbles. But my kids want to double team that three shade, want to put them in that linebacker's mouth, want to step on their chest, say F you as they go by, and then come back, pick them up and say, Hey, by the way, Swift's left-handed. We're going to come again next play. Um, they want to lift. The, the, you know, truthfully, the spread and all this throwing would have done better when we were all growing up because we actually went outside and played catch. Right. You know, I can't imagine running the spread and, and all that stuff because you got to start with how to throw and how to catch. And when we all got to high school, we already knew how to do that. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Um, so we we our our program is built on we're going to be bigger, faster, stronger, and meaner because we got to deal with Swift every day in practice. Uh, <laughs> and um, and I I'm a I'm a guys I'm a tyrant, and my kids love me, but I can bring the wrath of God like no other, um, and. It is, and I'm not going to get on you for physical. I'm going to—I mean, come on, two guys move one guy two yards, and the fullback will fall forward. Two yards, fall forward. Guys on Normandy Beach with half their legs blown off could do that. Right. Move the guy. If you don't move the guy, I'm going to tell the fullback to take your kidneys away from you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so it, it becomes, and we all know this. Kids don't know what they're capable of. Right. And to me, it's much easier to teach them to be capable of brute strength and moving somebody than to take and – and I love – I mean, trust me, every Navy, Georgia Tech, Air Force, Army game is DVR. My wife gets upset because it, <laughs> it bumps her general hospital. Um, so I still use the tight end because I want to spread out – I want to spread out the defense. I like to go too tight in because I want to spread out um, the defense. And, and we want to hammer people, and, and, and we're playing chess. Wow, that outside backer's creeping in. He's trying to help on the dive. He's trying to help on the dive. Well, then guess what we're going to do? Um, and then I've met – and so we're a we're – a, I call it half a bone – we got rerun a tight end. We'll go one back, and it'll look like half a bone. You'll have a tight end on one side, and the uh, the B back on the other. And we do we do the the whirly motion. We break tendencies enough. Counter's been a great tendency breaker. Uh, we like to tight end. And then I mirrored this with um, this is going to age me when Marshall Falk was at San Diego State. 
-hmm. made an offensive coordinator that paired it with a really good one and three step pass game, basically Norm Chow when Norm Chow was at Hawaii and he was experimenting with the run and shoot out of the flex bone. If you get on the football tool chest and look up um, Santa Margarita highlights, I was a Santa Margarita Catholic one year, and Tim O'Hara, who's at Modern Day now, we ran a flex bone, ran triple option, run and shoot, all mirrored together. Um, and, and we're great. I mean, it's easy when you have two, six, seven receivers, and one of them played for the Falcons and was Vic's favorite target. Um, that made life a lot simpler. But so, you know, oh, you can't throw the ball. Hell yeah, we throw the ball really well. But when I'm up 28 nothing in the first half, yes, I should come out and throw the ball because we don't work that enough in the games. But if I do that, I'll score another 17, and I'll be labeled a bad sport. Um, so, you know, I, I, we'd run much more of a power option. My quarterback, we can – when we call inside very inside very for us is called double, and we can tag it. If it's called double, you're giving it. We can go. We can go double read. Tells them to read it. I can go double keep. Tell them to keep it. I can go double pitch. Um, you know what we call depends on them. But my linemen know. I don't care what I call. If you don't get me three yards, somebody is going to have to deal with me. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and then, you know, my dad taught me this years ago, another wing tee, little nugget. All you got to do is move the running back six inches and the tackle's broken. So people load up to take inside Vera away. And then we've been fortunate to have fullbacks that can run outside Veer from I. You don't have to go king or queen with it. Right. You can run it. And that six inches kills people. Um, so, yeah, we run it with a tight end. We, we, we can also flex our tight end. We're much – you know, my dad says, you're never going to get hired. I'm like, why? Because you just run a state championship running two plays. I'm like, well, you raised me that if they can't stop it, run it again. And so I, I ran inside beer 35 times um, <laughs> for 42 points. Um, so the offense is considerably bigger than it is. What – we've never really been able to open it up all the way because we've gold beach football is made in the weight room and at football camp and in puke days, our X's and O's are any better than anybody else's. I believe in the option because I want to knock your teeth out. It's, I, you know, I was raised in a tough neighborhood. I like brawling, you know, that that's kind of how, you know, we defeated the Nazis. We're coming to this beach, and we're going to knock your teeth out. And, you know, that's kind of my personality. You know, my, my dad says, why won't you run the wing tail? I go, because I'm not smart enough, Dad. You got to run 21, 21 yards that way, and then before you go north-south, I go, you got you to gotta, you go to Harvard to run that crap, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, and I mean, and I'm not stupid. I mean, there's, there are wrinkles there. That, that we do that catch people. There are, you know, we run a really good 
it looks like load, but it's really a quarterback trap behind an option look. Uh, took it right out of Nebraska's playbook. Uh, that's done really well for us. Um, so, I don't know. I love the finesse part. I love watching Bob at, at De La Salle because he still wins games with with real average talent. Um, but, uh, you know, you want to see what Gold Beach is look like? Pull up 1970s, 1980s, you know, Nebraska. Um, so... Speaking, speaking of Nebraska, Coach, uh, I was going to ask you um, from, from the clips I've seen on Twitter that you, that you post of your guys, um, I know you use a lot of eye formation. Uh, does that mean you're a big, huge Tom Osborne Nebraska fan? And, uh, you know, where does your style of uh, – you probably already kind of told us a little bit about where your style of offense comes from, your, your style of option. Actually, here, let's, be, let's be honest. I'm a defensive guy. I'm a defensive guy. So let's talk about what drives a defensive guy nuts. And I was raised a defensive guy, and I'm still a defensive guy. And option is defensive football, and here's why. If they bust a 60-yarder, everybody on the field can point to the defensive coordinator and go, you're a dumbass, bad call. Or the corner can, you know, say, I slipped, you know, come up with the million excuses that corners come up with, you know, to get beat. Um, but when somebody punched you down the field three yards, at a, a, we want to steal people's soul. You know, we, we want to leave them a ghost of who they are. You know, I, I, got, I got written up for this. Chip Kelly was at um, Oregon and – they were doing the no pace, and the rumor was guys were faking injuries and doing that to get times out of the game. Well, we had a we had a really good team in two. We won state in two thousand eleven, and we had a really good defense. and And I said, I want kids to quit. I want the other team to quit. You know, literally take themselves out of the game. So it's halfway through the second quarter. One of their kids goes down with a fake injury. And it's one of those minutes in a stadium where for some reason it all goes quiet when you scream. So I scream at the top of my lungs. I want them all out of the game. Silence. My superintendent hears it. So on Monday he calls me and he goes, hey, we always talk every Monday morning. He's a football coach. So we're talking. And he goes, hey, I need to talk to you this afternoon. You need to bring a union rep. And I went, what? He goes, well, I go, I don't need a union rep. What's the problem? He goes, well, you know, you screamed at the top of your lungs. You want them all out of the game. I go, yeah. I wanted them to quit and go out of the game. He goes, but you understand how that sounded in the stands? I go, now that we're talking about it, yes, I do. He goes, I'm going to have to write you up. I said, go for it. Write me up. I'm okay with it. We won the game. You know, I'm going to put a ring on your finger in December. So, and, and he got it, and he he had to play the game, and, and I, I get that. But there's nothing finesse about Kevin Swift. Never has been, never will be. If you hit somebody in the mouth long enough, the teeth will eventually fall out. Yeah. Which I'm ready to suit up, man, and play for you. 
I'm already in a linebacker stance. Yeah, coach is in a linebacker stance over here. <laughs> so yeah, we're um, you know, I put out a formation today, two tight end, I and guys are coming at this and coming at that, and they're all good defenses. And and then one guy that that's obviously knows me pretty well. He goes, "Well, you're inside beer, so this is we're going to run." I go, "Yeah, but here's the problem: you're going to take inside beer away, but in the process of taking inside beer away, you can't stop outside beer." Right. You know, it's pick your poison. Um, because two tight ends, I got more bubbles. Yep. You know, one of the, the criticisms I have of the flex bone is you I don't think you can get a high school wing to come down and block like you need a tight end to block. And that may just be my coaching weakness. It may be the weakness of the type of athletes we have. We've never been able to get a wing to come down. Now we can get a wing to arc, but if I ever want to double team or, and I know you can go unbalanced, but I will never go unbalanced simply for the fact that my dad's an unbalanced wing T guy. And he's been asking me to put in one unbalanced <laughs> for 17 years. So it's not going to go in. Um, uh, Let me uh, double, double D back here. Coach Drew, he had a tight end question for you, actually. Oh, go ahead. Uh, it says, uh, tight ends are a rare breed, and most would love to have one in the triple option offense. What do you look for when you're finding uh, your guy? Is he more of a lineman type or a tweener of skill in lineman? He's a, he, can I tell you something? He's about a 162-pound state championship wrestler. Um, in 2011, when we won the state title, both my tackles were 260, both my guards were 200, and my center probably was 225. Both my tight ends, the sophomore was 145 pounds, but one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen and could drop an elk with a rifle and and – arrow and pack out backstrap for coach swift um <laughs> and he dated my daughter um and then the other he <laughs> yeah, must be really brave the, the, yes. other kid, the other kid was the other kid was 150 pound good kid good memory could get plays in couldn't block his way out of a bag but nobody in the state figured out that every time he went to the game i ran away from the tight end <laughs> when, when, when I used my tight end, it was Derek, drift boat. We called him a drift boat because he always looked lost his freshman year. Um, but I, I want that all straight wrestler that's athletic. Um, I, I don't care if he can catch. It's not that important to me. Um, you know, can he double team? Can he arc? Can he, can he go out and get a corner if they have to go out and get a corner? I think most option guys, and we're all option guys, all sacrifice size for athleticism. Yep. Even on the offensive line. You know, our best guards have always been that 5'8", 5'9", kid, 180-pound kid, you know, and, and, you know, everybody tries to belly flop to stop your game. Uh, and so, you know, we got leverage and things we can do there. So just athletic, they usually play outside backer for us on defense. 
Um, that's and, and we got to make them and and we've had and, and truthfully in the 17 years yeah they've all been linebacker wrestling type kids so well, hey coach uh before you ask your question can we let uh, dw jump yeah. in here he's got i told these guys they got to ask a question so double d got his question in i got dw here gonna ask you a question go here we go hey coach how you doing Good. You know, uh, you probably can't tell. I got a lot of gray hair growing in right there, so a lot of people won't know this, but you are me in about uh, 20 years, by the way. <laughs> um, Daddy's a DI in the Marine Corps, and uh, Mama's a full-blooded Scot, so I'm doomed from the get-go. Uh, so a little change-up in question for you here. I'm going to give you a, a magic telephone. And you're going to get to uh, call yourself. You're going to call yourself before your first football game. And you get to leave a 30-second voice message that's going to ring out to the rest of your football career. Let's hear that 30-second message you're going to leave yourself. Oh, easy. Hey, hey, Swifty. It's, it's, not, it's not your talent that's going to make a difference. It's going to be your work ethic. It's going, to, it's going to be your ability, your desire, your passion to excel in the game that's going to separate you from people with much more God-given talent and looks. Um, so that, that'd be my 30-second. So, Coach, that was awesome. Uh, I think we all wish we could go back and do that a little bit. Um, but <clears throat> I'm going to switch gears one more time because Tony yeah. and I like to fish and we both like to hunt. So talk about your world-renowned fishing, man. Tell us about it. Well, you know, it's kind of – it's you know, I moved up here for football um, and the surf. You know, I grew up my life surfing. Um, Wanted a mini bike when I was a kid. My dad just laughed at me and says, you'll be dead. How about a surfboard? Um, little did he know you could also kill yourself that way. Um, but uh, got up here, and everybody up here has sleds. Uh, they call them sleds. They're, they're aluminum uh, jets. No one runs a prop because you got to be able to run your sled in three or four inches of water. Um, and you uh, – so the Springer fish, which is uh, spring Chinook salmon that swim the longest. So they're coming in with really, really high fat content. A Springer, you can't smoke, Tony, because it's just too much fat. You, you got to flay them out and barbecue them up, and they're really good. So you anchor up for those, um, put a heater on, have the roof on, run your lines out, you know, probably 20, 30 feet behind you uh, with three, four-pound weights on a spreader, running uh, anchovies uh, on spinner baits. Bigger, bigger versions of walleye fishing, kind of. Um, and, then it be, you know, that line goes down and it becomes a Chinese fire drill. You gotta, everybody's got to get their lines up. you got to throw the anchor because you ain't going to reel a 50-pound springer to the boat, you got to chase it and hope you get it before a seal gets it. Um, 
and so you know that that started last week and will go till June. Um, starting in June, the fall Chinook will start stacking up in the bay, and that's where everybody uses their kickers to go into bay and, and troll basically the same way for fall fish, you know. I think the record for the Rogue River fall salmon is 72 pounds. Wow. Um, but, you know, between you and I, I'd rather get a 20, 30-pounder. They're easier to cook. Right. <clears throat> you know, 72 pounds is a friggin' lot of – there's a lot of um, fluctuating in the cut. Right. And then starting in uh, December – to the end of this month is winter steelhead and and our steelhead get anywhere between 11 to 20 pounds and you can fish for them a variety of ways if you fish on the rogue um you can either anchor up with your sled and fish fish plugs out in shallower water or you can we call it plunk and i know what other parts of the country call it i'm not going to call it that but you basically, you know, throw a weight uh, with a spreader on it, right. with a spin glow on it, then you slide down a slider, um, and and we plunk. And it's kind of nice. You get a good campfire going. You build breakfast. We've had some really good coaching clinics up there. Some guys from the valley come over and sit around. And because while it can get cold, it typically doesn't get that cold on the coast because of the salt air. Right. And then during the summer, we have albacore, halibut, um, uh, lingcod, which is um, a big, huge, ugly crab eating, um, huge fish that's got fangs that'll rip your thumb off. Um, that tastes really good. Um, they never heard of fish tacos um, <laughs> 24 years ago, and now everybody has my wife's recipe. Um, a lot of clamming, um, oysters, you name it, we got it, and it's all fresh. So, and then uh, I don't hunt um, because it was always football season. Yep. Um, but uh, it, it's it's uncharacteristic of me, but I do it. Every now and then a kid will call on the morning of two days and say, Coach, I got a bull. I got my tags. Can I go drop them? Um, and the fact is, them hiking in like they do, dropping a bull and hiking out, and bringing me pieces of backstrap is just as good a workout as I can give them in the morning. I, I don't do it a lot, um, but I, I do it for those kids that I know their families need it to, you know, because they're hunting. Not for horns. They're hunting for meat. Right. Um, so, uh, and then, you know, we have some of the best mushroom picking in the world. I mean, we have chanterelles. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good place to coach blue-collar football to blue-collar kids who still hunt and fish and do the things – the kids do. You know, there was a study that came out last week that parents take don't take their kids outside anymore. They don't go fishing. They don't. Go, I mean, Oregon is is giving out 
less and less fishing licenses to youth than they ever have. Less hunting licenses. Because I don't need to fish or hunt because I can kill it on my phone. and doesn't taste quite as good, but I can kill it. Yeah. Um, so um, <clears throat> it, it, it's a good place. Um, you know, I, I got to kind of figure out what I want to – I really – I really want to coach, um, but um, but I want to keep the house here, and we're going to keep the house here because I ain't leaving this house because um, it's we got it at one hundred twenty-two, and it's probably worth four hundred thousand now. Um, That's some good equity, coach. But I want to. I mean, I want to go. I, here's the perfect thing. I would love to go join a thirty-something-year-old and and coach whatever he wants and mentor and help walk the, the, the dangerous path of learning how to be a head coach for free. Not sell a book, not sell a package, but give it to them because somebody gave it to me all those years ago. Yeah. Paying, you know? paying it forward, that's for sure. Well, somebody's got to. Hey, Coach, we're going to um, wrap this up here in just a second, but I, I wanted to ask you just one, or, uh, one more thing here. Um, you guys are welcome to come and visit anytime. Yes. Well, that's what I needed to hear because I'm going to test every one of those fish you can catch up there. I can tell you that right now. Hey, and that goes for all four of us. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, we used to host a football camp. I can take care of 200 coaches at a time. Well, you go. We, won't we won't just us guys. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. There's nothing better than a than a uh, a cooler and a whiteboard trolling the bay. Uh, I mean, you gotta tell me twice, Coach. I'm ready, yeah. man. We're there. Hey, Coach. Um, before we let you go, talk about. Um, we're gonna switch gears and talk about watch game film. Oh. Okay, and uh, can you t tell us a little bit about that? Why you did the switch over and? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be real simple. Um, in 2008, um, myself, our football camp, CBS Sports, and Max Preps brought Huddle to Oregon. Uh, the 32 teams that came to my camp all got spun through a computer lab and got introduced to Huddle because everyone was DSV or whatever. I can't even remember what they were using. That's um, right. And, and Huddle came in and you know, Huddle's a great product. I mean, it has changed the way we coach, watch film, meetings. Amazing. Amazing people. Just great. And everything that a coach could want. Um, and I stayed with them till this year. And, and I didn't give up on them because of their reduction in storage. Uh, DW and I will agree with me. You know, I'm of the age where I'm, I'm, I got a copy of my film in my hands. It's on an external, it's on a DVD. It may even be on 16 millimeter because some of us still have 16 millimeter projectors, but I have my film. Um, so the storage wasn't a, a, a problem for me. And I got nothing really bad to say about all great people. Um, it got too expensive for your average high school. Flat out, it just got too expensive for your average high school to purchase. And her customer service began to lack. 
and their product will still very good. We all see the Twitters on Saturday morning. You know, it's down again. Um, and I met, I met with Huddle last April at our statewide AD conference, and I said, you know, can I give you guys a suggestion? And they go, yeah. I go, create a bare bones, small school, rural school package. You know, and they listened and they were polite, but it went nowhere. Joe's a West Coast guy. Um, I'm not sure how I got in contact with Joe. It might have been Coach Stone on Twitter that put me in contact with him. But I called Joe up, the owner, the creator, the doer. And we fell in love with each other. It's a bromance, my wife calls it. <laughs> um, because he recognizes the value in small, medium-sized high schools where 1800 bucks goes a long way for safe equipment, putting a little more money in a coach's pocket. You know, we never did – the the breakdown and stuff for them why would i give them 500 bucks i'd rather give a coach 500 bucks to earn some extra money to do it and keep it in town where he's buying tequila at my bar um so um but huddle's a great product but a hundred bucks or 150 bucks i got in early adoptive program so i have it for two years the most it's going to be for two cameras is 500 becky is great she survived the tornadoes in nashville she's safe she's a wonderful lady and while they want to make money because i believe in capitalism i i I teach every day in government that socialism is evil um (laughs) and my english teacher hates me for it Uh, (laughs) but um you know, Joe gave us what we want. Now people go, and I and I got people in my league too. Well, you know, it's not this. I'm like, look, no, it's not huddle. It's a hundred friggin' bucks. Let's sit down and I'll diagram it for you so you understand the economic sense. Yeah, there's gonna be some hiccups. Yeah, it's not perfect. It's a hundred bucks. Right. Um, and I can pick up the phone or I can text, and Joe gets a hold of me. It's not perfect yet, but we're, you guys are in it now. I'm in it. We're part of building it. We're part of making it. Joe is an honest guy. He tells you what the cap is going to be. He tells you what his in run is going to be. I, I feel good about who I'm working. And it's not that I ever felt bad about working with Huddle. Gold Beach High School. Um, Mesh Point, um, Hepner High School. We can't afford it anymore. Um, we need to do a better job with our money. And helmets are more expensive. Um, the things you need are more expensive. You know, I, I told my parents when I first got here, your kids will wear NFL gear. I'm going to. I'm not going to let them complain about bumps and bruises, and I need to keep them safe, so we will spare nothing on equipment, nothing. And, and our gear 
is amazing, still amazing, because they're my kids. I love them. And I, I probably tell them I love them more than any football coach in America. We start practice with I love you, and we end practice with I love you, because between practice, there were probably moments where they were wondering. <laughs> okay? Um, and so, you know, they, they, they know that they're welcome at my house. They love, they love my wife. And my wife is as hard on them as I am. You're going to come into my house and you're going to act like a gentleman. And if you're not going to act like a gentleman, you don't have to worry about Coach Swift. you got to worry about Mrs. Swift. Um, so, yeah, guys, I mean, come. Come visit. I'll come pick you up. Um, so, no, it, it's and – I, and I love what Twitter and technology – you know, my dad always said, you need to go someplace else to coach to learn about another region. I'm like, you know, Dad, I'm a West Coast guy. I need, I need salt water. I need to see the ocean. You know, I can do the desert for a while. But, uh, you know, I, I know what – I'm a, I'm a surfer who happens to coach football and is passionate about football. But – I certainly don't want to be labeled as just a football coach. So my wife will tell you that's all I am. <laughs> well, Coach, on the way out the door here now, let let everybody know about uh, the tool chest and how they can get you on Twitter because I think that's probably well, the best way to get in touch with you. Um, my eldest, who a lot of people follow on Twitter, um, turned me on to Twitter – 2012, 2013, and gave me the handle K Dog Swift, because um, I can be pit bullish, um, and so I got that, and I started looking at it, and and uh, I think at that time it was 125 characters, which is about a coach's vocabulary, um, <laughs> and I think it's 145 or something like that, and and it's there, there are some of the best quick clinics, some of the best bonding. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some guys that irritate me, but I'm going to be nothing but positive. I mean, there's, there's a guy in Southern California. I mentioned I use ladders, and he went friggin' sideways on me. But he's young, and he's a good coach, and, and, and he doesn't get her. Hey, you're in Orange County? Athletes show up right. at your school. Right. I got to make my athletes. Right. And, and, he, and, he, and, he was, and he was a great guy. I love him. And he goes, can I still come up and fish? I'm like, hell yes, you can come up and fish. And when you fall out of the boat, instead of using a ladder to get back in, I'll frigging gaff you. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, nobody uses chutes anymore. Nobody uses a sled anymore. And I'm like, you know, if Lombardi used them, Osborne used them, Bob at De La Salle uses them, I think I can use them. Yeah. Um, so I get where everyone's coming. I, I just, you know, I, I helped host the Nike clinic that was last weekend, and Oregon State staff was there. And her D-line coach said it best. We would always rather go against a body than a sled. But sometimes you want to get reps, you want to get loosened up, you want to get – and the fact that you can line five kids up. And I do sled a little masochistic. 
No, that's not true. A lot masochistic. So if we have a 20-minute endo period, the five starters are pushing it the whole 20 minutes, and I'm going to screw with them. Oh, your step wasn't six inches. You guys all owe me five up-downs. Um, and, and I'm going to make – they're going to be so angry. They're going to be so upset. They're, they're going to cry. Um, and, and they're going to all those things because kids are soft. Kids are soft. Girl, I mean, and the bigger they are, the softer they are. <laughs> because, you know, mommy's told, mommy's told the big kid, you're big, don't pick on kids. You're big, don't pick on kids. And all of a sudden he gets to high school and you say, hey, rip his head off. And, and they're like, but mom said not to do that. Um, so, I, you know, it's probably why I haven't been hired anybody in the podcast. They're like, well, we, this guy's from the 60s. We don't have that kind of coaching anymore. So, oh, that's good. Well, Coach, we, we really appreciate you coming on. It's been great, man. It's hey, been- I, I mean this sincerely. You're all welcome in Gold Beach anytime. Well, Coach, you're welcome in Virginia. We got a few fish. Nothing big like you got over there. But well, we, my yeah. daughter's – I guess my daughter, after she graduates from Texas, is flying me and her to Boston because watching a game at Fenway is on my bucket list. That's going to be awesome, man. Oh, so, yeah. So, no, um, yeah, if I – no, I mean, that's the great thing about Twitter, and it's also the bad thing. You meet all these coaches that you want to have adult beverages with, <laughs> and, and you know, I I really I should probably start playing the lottery, um, and you know, because if I had a stack of money, I'd I'd be friggin' visiting all of you. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah. It'd be awesome. But listen, man, good luck. We we hope you find your your tidbit, your your passion, your and a great where, wherever it's gonna go, wherever it's gonna be, man. We hope you find it. It's gonna be a great journey. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's an exciting time. You know, it, you know a little bit of the unknown kind of keeps you young and nervous like you're supposed to be. That's right. Absolutely. All right. Hey, have a great time at the clinic, you three. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> hey, take the place out for a nice dinner, man. Tell her we said thank take, you for barring you. We're going to Hunter Creek Tavern. There you go. Have All a good right. one, man. Have a good one, guys. All right, see you. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. You can download or listen to our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or the Google Podcast app. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good and leave us some comments that you might think uh, you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple. Our Mesh Point Podcast uh, has its own Twitter page. And that is at the mesh point again at the mesh point you can also find me on flexbonenation.com i have an option blog there and write articles and have plays uh, that can help you out particularly during the season all right tony i want you to let the listeners know how they can get you on social media all right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account and um, 
the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic and it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and, and uh, get to know each other and you know talk about some kind of triple option topic so catch, uh, catch that every Monday 8 o'clock Eastern and uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag Mesh Point to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter, so it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.